The hired man does not care about the sheep because he works for pay. But when it comes to God, God is not for hire. His love is not earned. It is not grasped at, hoarded, or stored up. It's not contingent upon us at all. It is not to be bartered for or bargained with. God's love is a total gift. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. We are God's sheep. And he just loves us. That's it. But we have a lot of trouble with that sometimes. We struggle with that fact. It's not what we are used to, is it? It might even make us feel a little bit uncomfortable at times. The popular spiritual writer, Father Jacques Philippe, puts the problem this way. How difficult it is to receive and to go on receiving a love that does not depend on our own attraction. We're happy enough to receive something seen as in some way a reward for our merits, something that is due to us. But receiving freely as a gift? Well, that's actually really hard to do. It requires a lot of humility. We don't have any problem, it seems, claiming things as a right or demanding things, but seldom, seldom can we receive and accept freely. Father Jacques Philippe is hitting at something really, really important here. We don't like to merely receive love. We want to be able to demand it, earn it, or claim it as a right. It's like that character that we meet in C.S. Lewis's book, The Great Divorce, the big man, as he is called. The big man says, full of pride and self-congratulation, I always done my best, and I never done nothing wrong. I only want my rights. I'm not asking for anybody's bleeding charity. And what he means is, he, he doesn't want anybody's handout. He doesn't want a gift. He wants payment. He wants, as he says, his rights. He's not asking for anyone's freely given, freely offered charity. And the big man's friend, a saint who is in heaven, trying desperately to convince him to stay there, to be in heaven forever in perfect peace and love, responds to him, then do at once ask for the bleeding charity. Everything is here for the asking, and nothing can be bought. Ask for the bleeding charity of the good shepherd who freely lays down his life for his sheep. Because God is not for hire. So why do we do this sort of thing when it comes to the Lord? Why do we try turning God's freely offered love into a hireling's love? Perhaps 
Because somewhere, deep down in our hearts, we are afraid that if we didn't, then God wouldn't bother loving us. Maybe we really do believe that it's up to us to prove to him somehow, Lord, I'm a sheep that's worth saving. This is very subtle, but it's important for us to identify. I bet that there's someone here today at Mass this morning who just feels completely worn out and exhausted from always feeling like they have to convince and work for God's love and affection and attention. Maybe you have been working overtime to try earning the Good Shepherd's love because you're worried about that hidden fault, that private sin that nobody else knows about, that personal shortcoming which you assume will probably disqualify you one day or another. So you keep on trying to grasp, to scrape, and claw after his love. You try proving to him, look, Jesus, here is my payment of good works, my holy thoughts, my endless rosaries and novenas, all of my religious stuff that I hang up on my walls. I want to hire you to love me. Just take my payment, if you would, my spiritual bribe, and then, well then, you have to love me. You have to lay down your life for me. If that describes you in some way, and, and it certainly describes me at times in my own prayer life and in my own walk with the Lord, then I invite you to hear once again, God is not for hire. This is so central. It's the cornerstone of our faith, and we cannot afford to reject it. It's actually meant for your freedom, for your peace of mind, heart, and will. If we do not get this core Christian belief right, if we spend all of our time trying to hire God to be our Savior, to buy His grace, then everything else will be thrown out of whack. Everything will be out of balance, and our faith will be incoherent, exhausting, and lifeless. And all the while, as we are trying so hard to pay for God's love, something else will happen to us. We ourselves will become hirelings when it comes to prayer and the church and her sacraments. We will become religious consumers. Religious consumers rather than what we really are. Beloved sheep. Beloved children of God. If we try to buy ourselves a savior, then we will show up to church as long as we are getting something out of it. As long as it happens to be personally fulfilling to me. As long as it's making me feel good. As long as my life is going pretty well. As long as my kids find it more or less entertaining. As long as the priest's homilies are good enough, short enough, whatever enough. When we try to hire the Good Shepherd to love us, then we will only bother with him as long as he seems to be holding up his end of the bargain. And to that, I can only respond with the beautiful words from our second reading today, the first letter of St. John. Beloved, see what love the Father 
has bestowed on us that we may be called children of God. Yet so we are. See what love the Father has bestowed upon us. Another translation that I've seen says, see what love the Father has lavished upon us. It's an extravagant love. It's an over-the-top love. It's the kind of love that is infinitely beyond anything we could ever hope to pay for, anything we could ever buy or claim for ourselves to earn. Yet so, we are loved. This love is ours now. And so receive it. Open up. Say yes to that love. St. John continues in that same reading we heard, admitting how outrageous, even unbelievable, this love might seem to us. The reason the world does not know us, he says, is that it did not know him. The world did not know how good the good shepherd really was. They saw his sacrifice on Calvary, and they questioned in their hearts, well, what's the catch? There's no way that this kind of love is so free, so available, so readily offered. And for sinners, what's, what's going on here? What does God really want from me? What do I have to pay? And the true Christian will answer. All Jesus wants, all he wants, is your heart. And the world just does not understand that. Hearts are not currency, according to the world. You cannot buy the latest iPhone with your heart. The world does not understand because it doesn't understand Jesus Christ. Now, the world understands grabbing. The world understands pursuing. The world buys into the tireless drive for personal fulfillment and individual satisfaction and pleasure. But it does not understand why anyone in their right mind would give so generously without expecting to receive in return. It does not understand absolute self-surrender. That just does not compute for the world. And yet there's Jesus laying down his life for his sheep with absolutely nothing to gain, nothing but our little hearts. I think it's time for us to join him. Because look around. The world is in dire need of our sacrifice, of our laying down of our lives. The world is in need of Christians after the heart of the Good Shepherd. We have more than enough consumers. We have enough hirelings who are looking to come away with some sort of religious trinket or souvenir to call their own. We need selfless hearts. Hearts that are willing to offer absolutely everything, whether or not they get anything in return. And often enough, we won't. We will not be thanked. We will not be praised. We will not be honored. If things continue the way that they seem to be headed in our wider culture, we will need many, many, many more souls 
after the heart of the one good shepherd who are willing to die rather than flee from the wolves. We will need more young priests willing to joyfully preach the truths of God in the face of opaque apathy and fierce opposition. Priests who embrace celibacy as a gift, not a burden. Priests who generously and tirelessly offer the sacraments to a world that is starved for meaning. We will need more religious brothers and sisters who, out of love for the world, are willing to leave the world. Who go out and hold up the church by their silent, hidden lives of prayer and sacrifice. We will need more young couples who wait until marriage to live together, who put their love for God and the church before anything else as models for their families, who are radically open to life and become beacons of evangelization to their circle of friends. We will need more single people to generously serve their coworkers and communities out of love for the Lord who open up their homes, who serve the poor, and somehow reach the unreachable to be signs of contradiction in a way that only Christians filled with the Holy Spirit truly can. All of this will mean losing credibility and reputation in the eyes of the world. It's not going to be easy. It will most likely mean being passed over, ignored, laughed at. It will mean making inconvenient choices about schools, about career choices that we make, about where we live and how we make friends. But all the while, and this is the key, Jesus is encouraging us. I know you, he says. I love you, he says. Don't ever leave me. Don't run away. I will strengthen you and help you to lay down your life with me, even when there's wolves surrounding you. I'm the good shepherd. Are you worried that I'll lose to those wolves? Seriously? I already lost. Look at the cross. Nobody took my life from me there. I gave it freely. I laid it down of my own accord. That was my choice. And guess what? You are my choice as well. You are my sheep. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Every last one of you is accounted for, known intimately, and loved completely. I know you, so please don't run away. Come and get to know me. My love can't be bought. I'm not for hire.